0: I'm your host, Nikki, and this is the Red Chuck Chronicles podcast, where I share tips, stories, and answer your questions on all things travel-related. After traveling to 40-plus countries and counting, I can't wait to show you how simple it can be for you to travel the world. So stick around and enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody. What's going on? How was your week? It's your girl, Nikki back for another episode. Thanks for tuning in and welcome back. So how did how did the week go for everybody? I know these past couple of weeks have been, there's been a lot going on in our country, especially for those who live in the United States. Um, you know, we're just kind of trying to get through and deal with some things. Maybe you've got some things going on personally that you're dealing with. But hopefully you're having a good week. Hopefully everything is well with you and your families. Everyone is safe and healthy and um, just enjoying life as much as you possibly can. This week I actually celebrated. um, I'm a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And I celebrated 13 years as part of this org- wonderful organization with my lovely Lion sisters on this past Monday. And we got together and we were just talking and reminiscing about uh, many different times that we've had together and things that we've shared and things that are going on in our life right now. We didn't get to get together physically, but we got together via the internet, and that was a great time. And one of the things that came up was our anniversary trip that we took three years ago uh, for our 10-year anniversary, and we went to Belize. And that was an awesome trip. There were 25 of us who came into the organization together, and 18 of us were able to make it on the trip to Belize. And I played a big role in coordinating that effort in terms of the location that we ended up picking and things that we did while once we got to Belize. And that was definitely um, an interesting experience for sure. 18 women traveling together. It was fun indeed. We, we had our moments. And I think sometime later in the season, if not this season definitely at some point I'm going to have a couple of my line sisters to come onto the show so we can kind of talk about their experience on the trip but that kind of leads me to the topic for today you know when you're planning a trip if you're planning it with friends or if you're planning it with family depending on the size of the trip and how many people are going there's things that you have to consider not just the logistics of the trip but also one thing that you should consider is What type of traveler are people, right? So let's take a quick pause for the cause. Thanks for listening. And I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. All I ask is that you take a quick screenshot of your phone and then you post it to your social media pages and you hashtag Red Chuck Chronicles and ask your friends and your families to subscribe and like the show. Thanks for listening to my quick commercial break. Now let's get back into the episode. There's all types of different travelers. You can be many of these in the same time. You can be a combination of them or you can just, you know, like to frequent between one or two different ones. But that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. So episode eight is titled, What Type of Traveler Are You? So let's jump right in. So when I think about, you know, traveling, sometimes you want to go and you're maybe the adventurer, like you want to be adventurous. You want to go, you want to explore, maybe you want to do something that you've never done. Let's see, for instance, when I was in Dubai, I contemplated, but I didn't do it going skydiving you know, hindsight I wish I would have done it because the older I get, more or less likely that I am going to actually do it. But I mean there have been different places that I've gone where some would say it's adventurous and I'll say, Oh, it's just it's just fun, something I wanted to do. My most recent trip, actually before the world shut down, I was in Costa Rica with a group of friends and we ended up deciding as we were driving from the airport to our hotel that we were going to go zip lining and we were like yeah that our driver was like yeah you guys should go zip lining and so we were like okay you down you down yeah okay let's go so we go we go to the spot we you know get all the information our guides were hilarious they were like saying all this stuff to like try to scare us like about the lines and just cracking all these jokes and things like that my main concern was the entire time, are these lines gonna hold me? And they're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We have, you know, football players, men who are six five and, you know, blah, 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 who have done these zip lines. So you're you're gonna be perfectly fine. That was really my only question. And so, you know, we got harnessed up, we you know, they, they told us in terms of any safety tips that we needed while we were still on the ground. Then we loaded up into a this open top truck and drove up the mountain. And as we kept getting higher and higher, I was with two other friends. We were looking at each other like, "Uh, yeah, this is pretty high. I mean, I think we knew, but we didn't know, no, until we really got up to the top what was going to happen. And so we got all the way up to the top and that first uh, zip line was pretty pretty high and pretty long and then when we got up to the top they're like oh yeah there are 10 lines so basically you go up to the top and you have to zip line 10 lines to get back down to the bottom again that was not something that we knew before (laughs) before we got up there or before we even decided to do it but it was an amazing experience flying through the trees. Once I got over that first line, I was pretty good to go. So in some instances, like I said, I can be adventurous. I can, you know, do things that maybe I won't be able to experience at another time and ready to go try new, new things. Right. And so you may have someone who wants to do that. You may have someone who wants to maybe just relax. They want to go to the beach or they just want to sleep in late, right? You have people who go on vacation because they just want to catch up on sleep in some cases. They may be in a whole nother country and you may say, "Why, why would you do that? Why would you go to another country just to lay in the bed? But that can be relaxing, right? That can be what you need to be refreshed and rejuvenated um, you can you can you know get a spa treatment or you can go sit on the beach or maybe you just want to go mingle down at the at the bar in the hotel and have some drinks and meet people talk to people or you just want to go out and shop. That could be your thing too, right there's different different ways that you can go on vacation and travel and explore. Then there is the opportunity sometimes if you want to be a cultural traveler right you want to travel you want to go see the sites you want to see the history of the place you're very interested in it you know maybe from a museum perspective or the history of the land or you know it could be a religious tour it could be just from a cultural perspective you know when I went to Egypt all the museums and the history of the people and the culture it was great to learn, right? It's something that you're not going to necessarily learn in the textbook. So it's good to experience that. When I went to Jerusalem, going on the walking tours and experiencing that from a biblical perspective and kind of tying those things back, that was very interesting. Um, when I was in Russia, I went to the Winter Palace, which is like their huge mu- museum, which is in one of the former palaces. And There's a lot of history there. It is humongous, like so large and expansive, so many floors, so much to see, so many different rooms. Now at a certain point, I will say that I am not the museum all day type of person. Like that is not my that is not my forte. That's not what I personally enjoy. Like, I will go and I will see. But after a while, especially if, if it's just a lot of the same... It becomes mundane to me. Like, it becomes the same thing. I'm just looking at a different painting from a different time. But for me, it gets it can get old. And I, I can't spend hours upon hours upon hours looking at it. Like, an hour two hours, maybe. That's about good for me. And then I'm ready to tap out. But for some other people, that's their thing, right? They they like museums. They like ex- that type of uh, cultural experience. I would rather go into the town and see the people or get a, a cultural experience that way. Learn the history of the land, maybe by again doing a walking tour, um, meeting and talking to some of the locals, going to places that aren't necessarily so much touristy, um, to really get a feel and flavor for the country. So that's that's more of what I like to do from a cultural perspective or historical perspective when I'm visiting a country. But again it's your preference. And then you might have a person who likes to go to places because they're a foodie, right? They love to eat. They love to try different cuisines. They love to try all types of different foods and get that foodie experience. I could take that or leave it. I am not the type to go to a country and just eat like at a local Or like at a fast food type of chain restaurant. Like I'm not that person. I will say however. For a long time when I would go to Europe. I would go to the McDonald's. But mainly just to get the apple pie. Because the apple pie in Europe is still made the way it used to be made. Many years ago when I was younger. Where it was like fried. And it was that crispy apple pie. Versus that soft baked apple pie that they have now at mcdonald's so it was the flaky crispy might burn your mouth because it's so hot on the inside type of apple pie and when i lived in england back in 2004 i would go and get that and then they would put ice cream on it and that was like a thing and so anytime after that when i would go back to europe i would always go to a mcdonald's and get the apple pie not always with the ice cream But definitely go and get me a couple of those apple pies. So that's mainly the place that I would frequent. And it was for a specific type of item. But typically when I go to a country, I try to eat the local cuisine. I try to experience new, you know, flavors, whatever is local, traditional. I would say in the past two years when I've traveled, it's been a little bit different just because I've stopped eating meat. And I was still eating fish. So that was a little bit helpful, especially when I went to Costa Rica because the fish there is amazing. All of the seafood is so fresh, so good. So for five years, I was pescatarian. So that was, that was okay. So I could go to places and still have fish and I was still eating dairy and things like that. But more recently, I've cut that out. So I have to really be mindful of that when I start to travel a lot again. It does limit you in some cases from a vegan perspective, being vegan and traveling. But um there are many many places that have been great food experiences for me, and I would say the top 2 places that stick out in terms of from a well I'll say the top 3 from a food perspective were I would say Thailand because I I love Thai food I like the spice there I had amazing food when I was in Thailand I had the best Indian food I have ever tasted in my life when I was in India I mean to be expected but the spices there the food there was just so much better and different than the Americanized version of Indian food very rich and flavorful and filling um, just amazing and then I would say Montreal, Canada. I've been there quite a few times from a work perspective. And the food there is definitely a melting pot. Like they have so many cultures in that country that the food there is very authentic to places that I have actually traveled to from a cuisine perspective. So if you get an opportunity to go to Montreal, it gives you that. It definitely gives you that European vibe and the food there the different food the different restaurants I've had Ethiopian food when I was in Montreal I've had Indian food when I was in Montreal and the Indian food that I had in Montreal there's this one place um, in the downtown area of Montreal called Le Taj and that Indian food is the closest I've had since I actually was in India in terms of how authentic it tasted but yeah, so if you ever get an opportunity, crepes, just the food has just been an amazing experience every time I've been to Montreal. So if you get an opportunity to go, I highly recommend it. And then I would say Tokyo. Tokyo had had a really good food experience, obviously. At the point where I traveled there, I was vegan, so I didn't really, or I was pescatarian, so I didn't get a chance to taste like any of like the, the Kobe beefs or any of the, that type of food experience, but everyone that I talked to there or people that we were traveling with talked about how amazing their experience was with some of those types of foods, but everything else that I ate there was just great. So those were my top places in terms of food. I think I gave you four, not three, but you know. Um, And then there's also luxury travelers versus budget-friendly. Or even backpackers, right? So there's there's a difference there. So just understanding which one you are, which category you fall in, and again, you could range in categories. Sometimes maybe you want to go for high luxury travel and you want to stay at a very fancy resort or hotel and you want to experience what that's like, and that's perfectly fine. And maybe sometimes you want to, you know, be more budget conscious, stay at a very a nice hotel, very safe, clean hotel, but you don't need all those extra amenities that you're going to pay for from a luxury experience and maybe some people backpack I've never backpacked through Europe or anything like that I think the closest I've come to that was when I lived there in 2004 in my early 20s and I traveled with do you guys remember STA like I think it was student travel association or something like that you could get discounts if you were like a college student or you know under the age I think of 25 or something like that you would get deals and they put together packages for you and i traveled to italy for one week um using them like they're a travel agency and i think i stayed in a hostel one night when i went from the city that i was staying in in the uk to london i stayed in a hostel in london that was my only hostel experience it's not it's not for me it's not my thing i know they've gotten better over the years um and some of them are pretty luxurious nowadays, but not my thing. Some people may say, well, I usually rent the entire place because I don't say, some people may say like an Airbnb or that type of experience is similar to a hostel, but I typically rent the entire place. So it's just me. I'm not sharing a space, although I did do that once. Um, so I guess that's close to staying in a hostel, I suppose. But. Those are the, just some of the categories in terms of types of travelers. And again, you may fall in and out of those different categories, depending on what type of trip you're going on, depending on where you're going. And you could cross many of them in the same trip. You could go on a luxury trip and you're going for all the stops, all the bells and whistles in terms of your accommodations. And then, you know, you're going to go do the cultural types of things or maybe you pull out all the bells and whistles and stay in a luxury hotel and accommodations and you just want to relax and sit at the beach or the pool all day for most of your trip or you want to sleep in. whatever the case may be, it's whatever is your pleasure. I say do what works for you. I'd say no, especially if you're going on a group trip, what type of traveler you are and who you're traveling with, because sometimes those things could clash. Like if you're the type that wants to just stay around the hotel and you're traveling with someone or some or a group of people who like to go out and explore, that may not work well. You know what I mean? You may not everyone may not enjoy, or maybe you just or maybe some people feel comfortable leaving leaving that person and saying okay well if you're going to do that do your thing and then another night you'll regroup or another day you'll go out and do stuff together and being okay with that too so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight on tonight's episode hopefully that gives you a flavor for you know some of my experiences in terms of when I travel and things that I've done and places that I've gone and and what those experiences have been like. I definitely want to share a little bit more specifically about planning a trip, a large trip, like an anniversary trip or a group trip with friends, and all of the fun that can come out of that. And (laughs) sometimes the clashes, or even sometimes, you know, you might get on each other's nerves for a bit, but at the end of the day, right, everyone has a good time and that's what's most important. So, as I like to say, hope you enjoyed tonight's episode, and I'll catch you next week. Peace. That's it for this week's episode of the Red Chuck Chronicles podcast. If you have feedback or questions on tonight's episode or anything travel-related, hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Red Chuck Chronicles. But before you go, make sure you click subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss the next episode. I'm your host, Nikki. Wishing you adventure and beautiful sunsets as you travel the world. Thanks for listening. See you next Thursday, same time, same place. (laughs) Peace.